Okay, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, thank you very much for listening. This is the very first episode of the Marshall Way podcast. My name is Bradley Clark, and I am joined today with my good friend and co-host, Connor College. Uh, Connor, how are you doing? Hello. All right, you? I'm doing very good today. I'm uh, I'm excited. Good. Very excited. It's been a long yeah. time since I've podcasted, so... Uh, um, First time for me, but uh, exciting times. Yeah, exactly, and uh, if anyone's wondering how we're doing this, uh, I would very much recommend that you go check out the uh, the Anchor app and website because that's how we're able to get this done so easily, uh, yeah. especially during lockdown right now, where we're while uh, everyone's you know struggling a little bit, but you know we're uh, Such we're getting there. Set up as well. Exactly. Yeah. All easy we need is a headset and a good internet connection, and we're yeah. laughing. That's it. Exactly. Exactly. Right. So basically what we're going to be doing on this, ladies and gentlemen, is we're just basically going to talk martial arts. It's all about fighting, martial arts, training, the the physical and the mental boosts that we get from this, you know, just because there's a good things that you can get from martial. I mean, how long have you been, how long have you done it in your life since you were what, four? Five. Four or five? Uh, exactly. So, now, so. so you're looking nearly 20 years of your life you've been involved with martial arts. And yes. I've been on and off involved for probably not far off the same amount of time now, actually. So, yeah. you know, it's become a kind of part and parcel of our lives. And there's a lot that people, I think, don't understand with martial arts. And there's a lot that I think people can gain from it. Uh, and there's a lot, a lot of life lessons that you can learn from these things and the practices that you uh, that you go through in all this mar- in martial arts. So uh, it's we're, we're just excited to talk about it. You know, there's a lot going on in the world right now, uh, and you know, I think this is the time that people need to start really taking away the lessons uh, that you can learn and implying them in 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 their day to day life. As you know, especially when the world's going through such a major political sociological change right now, there's a lot. A lot going on, and there's a lot to learn. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's enough of me talking. What else? What we'll do is, uh, Connor, why don't you give uh, a brief couple of minutes of exactly what it is that you've done? Like I say, you've done martial arts since you were five. So, why don't you yeah. talk a little bit about what that, exactly that is? Because obviously, it's karate. Uh, spoiler alert! But yeah. why don't you go a little bit deeper into that? Right. So, started when I was uh, five. Uh, we. Uh, Right. At the time, it was just I thought of it as just you know karate. You know the the it was kyokushin that I originally went into. Um, so I started that when I was five uh, for reasons that uh, not so much I wasn't bullied as a kid. Uh, it was more of a confidence booster, um, and I had really weak joints. So I went to the doctors and they said like going into some sort of um, combat sport. Would uh, would help develop the the joints because uh, my my uh, joints used to come out their sockets pretty easy. Yeah. So joined joined the club, and uh, God, I was there for a very long time. Let's say twenty twenty odd year. So and it didn't just become uh, a hobby. It you know it became a, a lifestyle, which becomes quite addictive <laughs> um, in, uh, in different ways. Mm-hmm. So it's it, it's but I've done other bits, you know. I did Japanese jiu-jitsu, done uh, BJJ, things like that. So there's, I've done a few, a few bits and bobs. Yeah, yeah I mean that's uh, I mean that the Kyokushin is where we we met, really, wasn't it? Because uh, that's sort of where my life story comes in. Because I did. Uh, mm-hmm. I've done karate as a child, uh, short a kano. I think it was Wadaru, actually, uh, back where I used to live. 
Uh, and then yeah. I left that as a child and I went on to do Filipino as Screamer, uh, Dossier Paris as Screamer yeah, so, yeah, specifically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I did Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. And then unfortunately, I moved away from where I was living at the time there. Uh, down to closer where Connor is now and uh, how I met Connor. And then I did uh, Thai boxing, I did regular boxing, uh, competed in t- uh, regular boxing, got my head punched all over. That was fun. Um, mm-hmm. Did And then after I moved, I ended up doing Kyokushin Karate because the Connor's Club was right down the road from me, which is where Connor and I's path crossed for the first time and then uh, been doing that ever since mixing in with uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu every now and then so we've uh, we've got quite a bit of a mix here haven't we yeah 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 like I said I mean I've done different tournaments as well I've done kickboxing tournaments and obviously most of the time Mm -hmm. but uh, yeah done a fair bit of competition but i think over the years we've obviously realized that there's a lot that you can learn from these things and like you say with the world the way it is right now these are the kind of messages that would like to get out there that would like to give to people and uh, what better way than a podcast really considering how easy we can get them set up and get out there as fast as we can yeah that's it yeah so yeah it's great uh so what we're going to do uh we're going to look a lot at uh the works of uh martial arts um so there's a lot of books written out there about martial a lot of these books really aren't well known for people who aren't in the know so to speak uh you wouldn't know to go looking for them you've got the autobiography of you know someone famous you know you've got uh you know ronda rousey's your fight my fight you know the uh the way of is it the way of the game the way of the fight even sorry by gsp Uh, there's so many books out like that out there but they're just life stories that you don't get the lessons that I feel like you get in some of these works, uh, no, especially not the people yeah. who are true martial artists. I feel like the ones who not are not just pursuing it as part of a fight career, as someone who is pursuing it as a life, as beyond that, as a as lifestyle, lifestyle, as a true martial artist, yes. rather than just a fighter. So the first book that we are discussing is one that Connor and I are both uh, intimately familiar with here, and that is the Kyokushin Beginner's Guide, Replicating Masuyama's Budo Karate in the Western Dojo, written by uh, Nathan Ligo, uh, who studied under Masuyama for a couple of years, uh, I think at least 600 days, um, and the rest. I think he quit in the second year. That was discussed in... Young Lions, Jude Reed's book, who actually completed it, yes. and we will get onto yeah. that in a later date, because uh, that's a great book. That that's a that's a book that just brings your fighting yeah. spirit back into you. Um, yeah, yeah. So, but Nathan Lego, he's he's more than qualified to talk about Kyokushin Karate because he he still practices it, and he is one of the heads of uh, international organisations today, uh, spreading the, the teachings of Kyokushin Karate to the world. Uh, but this book of his, uh, Kyokushin Beginner's Guide, is a series of lessons that he believes are the way to replicate Masuyama's, or Sosai Masuyama's um, Kyokushin Karate teachings in a regular dojo in the West, mm. because the way they teach in Japan and uh, the Eastern countries is night and day to how it is over here. Uh, yes. it's, it, it's an experience I'd love to have uh, when everything settles down, but right now that's, that's not going to happen. But it is absolutely something I would kill to do right now because I mean, I mean, just Jesus. The, the difference, the difference is, like I say, it's night and day. If you took some of the people that you have over here to somewhere like over there, they'd never make it through the warm up. 
the big. It's a, diff it's a different world. It's, uh... The standard, there's just so much higher. I mean, they live yes. and breathe it over there. I mean, you get people over here that do, but over there it is... It's the national, practically the national sport. Though, exactly, it? I mean, karate... That's, that's the yeah, difference. It's, it's, it's phenomenal. But yeah, this book, he has, in sections, 118 different rules, we'll say, um, on how you can replicate... Uh, Masayama's karate in the Western Dojo, and some of these rules don't just apply to karate. Uh, you'll know yourself, Connor. These apply to life themselves. If you are able to replicate oh, yeah, yeah. these rules in real life, then you are a person that is nigh unstoppable in in yes. everything, because you'll be able to take these rules to everywhere. Uh, because, like I say, martial arts is a life lesson. It's not just physical and mental training. It is a life lesson. Uh, I I yeah. want to say it is Masayama that was that uh, did say the first and foremost training in karate is character, physical training, and all the rest of it comes after, because that's what you build in martial arts. You learn how to take the hit, get back up again, and keep on going through life. And yeah, it's great. So well, you had a lot of models that uh, that are quite interesting as well. There, Masayama, mm. that help you. Help me through exactly. Uh, what we will do, I think, in the future is we will take the uh, the dojo kun, which is the, uh, the the sort of the seven tenets of the uh, the Kyokushin karate uh, lifestyle, and I think we'll dissect them as uh, as a future episode for people. And trust me on that. That that it's only seven tenets, but we will get a life. You'll have a lifetime of uh, content just based on that alone. But we'll get onto yes. that for everyone in the future. So, yeah. <laughs> because I think with just this book alone, we're going to be here for a good couple hours, ladies and gentlemen. So go get a snack and a coffee and uh, and strap in because. Uh, so we're going to go to the book. This is rule number one, and this is what I'll do is I'll read through some of this, uh, and then we can discuss this, ladies and gentlemen, because I could be here for a while. So rule number one is fight to be first. This is the central attitude of training in the Budo Karate Dojo. You might hear it referred to as having strong spirit. It's not something someone will give you. It's the attitude that even the white belt must endeavor to bring to the dojo from his or her first week of training. It is a requirement of participation, not something you'll get over time by waiting for it to come. Ask yourself, what is the best way to ensure I'm not last? Answer, fight to be first. Consider your teacher asks you a line up for class. Everyone fights not to be last by racing to be the first one to get to their places. Who wins? Well, probably no one. Almost everyone gets to their places at about the same time. This is a unified, powerful action. Good for you. You're practicing Budo Karate. The important thing is not being first. It's that everyone uniformly fights to be. Which I think really is a thing that a lot of people don't really understand what it means to to fight to be first on things like that because you know they always say you know first is uh, you know second's the first of the losers and uh, if you're not first you're last but i don't think people understand what it is to strive to be first yeah the the, the way the way i took that one uh, when i read the book was uh, such as when you're in your lines uh, i can't remember who it was that uh, told me but they, they told me a similar thing you know look to the person to your to your right and uh, and try to be ahead of them and if everyone followed that then everyone kind of kept suit yeah. and uh, the, the, the training kind of stayed at um, a similar standard between mm -hmm. everyone you know if everyone was if everyone if the person 
to the left of the 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 guy to the right and he was trying to keep up with him and then vice versa and down the lines and everyone kind of kept mm-hmm. together as a, as a group um i wouldn't take it so much as i want to be number one uh, that that that's a hard uh, <laughs> hard place oh, to yeah. get to uh, but the fight to be first i took i always took that as like you know strive to be um strive to be better than the person next to you kind of made yeah. everyone get, get... yeah you always have that uh comp- it's basically it's encouraging a, co- a healthy competitive spirit isn't it really yes yeah, yeah, yeah which yeah. is i think something people have lost i think over time competitive spirit come means to dominate and to crush your opponents at every pace and that's not yeah. that's not what it's about fighting to be first which is ironically the first rule is you should always be trying to be better. Not all, Yes, you should be trying to be better than the other people, but at the same time, they're trying to be better than you. you you're, you're fostering this great competitive environment where everyone wants to be, I want to be a little bit better than Connor. Well, Connor wants to be a little bit better than the next person, but they want to be a little bit better than me. And you have this circle of people just growing and training and improving day by day by day. I mean, when you and I used to train with our two friends in the club and you just had the four of us, Obviously, me and you know me and you had been the ones training more regularly for a while, and then one of somewhat them there, one of our other friends, Marcus, came in and he started really going in heavily into jujitsu. When you notice that very quickly, because it's his, it is his sport. Uh, he's just he's built for yeah, it. 100%. And then you've got our other friend Josh, who had no fight experience whatsoever, but as he came in, fairly athletic and strong, he picked it up like that, and just the growth and the bounds because he was striving constantly to be better than us and we were striving not to be beaten by the new guy no offense to himself but then you're stri- yeah, yeah. but then you're obviously striving to be you know the best teacher that you can be but then i'm trying not to be choked out by marks on the ground who's trying not to be punched in the face by me who's trying not to be kicked by you and you get this great yeah. competitive circle going on and on and on and, and on and on well. exactly that's the other you thing get that, that this place is between the between the group mm-hmm. absolutely it's it's absolutely fantastic i i I love this one fight to be first. Uh and it just it keeps going. It just it keeps going on, yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh back to the book. Try this one. How do I ensure that I have the closest relationship with my teacher and can therefore learn the most? Answer fight to be best and to follow the rules of etiquette. Fight to show the strongest spirit by following the ideas in this book. Fight to channel your teacher's teaching. Remember karate is fighting after all. Remember that being first is far less important than fighting to be. In Buddha, sorry, I might have said that wrong. Remember that actually being first is far less important than fighting to be. In Buddha karate, succeeding has little to do with outdoing your peers. It has everything to do with staying in front of the curve with peers who are likewise struggling to stay at the front of the curve. Of course, karate training is learning how to fight. If you don't fight to be first, fight to be the loudest, fight to be the strongest, fight to be the best at everything in the dojo, you are not practicing budo karate. You are practicing American play karate. And in the budo dojo karate, you are in the way of progress. And I think that has become more and more evident the more and more of these uh, muck dojos that you see across the world. Muck dojos, yeah. Definitely. I mean, as he says there, you, yeah, it's everything to do with fighting to stay at the front of the curve with your peers, who are likewise struggling to stay at the front of the curve. So at, what this does is you get out to the front, or you try to be at the front, 
and then eventually someone might recognize that you're struggling to stay there and then they suddenly try to slot in and go actually i can be better now again it's this fostering this competitive spirit which yeah. is lost i think in the western world because i think competitive spirit has got chewed up into aggressive competition which is good in certain yeah, ways but not what we want all the time things things are given too easily to people now i think as well in the, in the different martial arts and things um mm-hmm. i mean you know yourself in kyokushin you don't you don't get a badge for doing 10 push-ups you know like, no whereas uh, you get these dojos that do that sort of thing now and it, i suppose it is good for for the, the younger kids and things and the, mm-hmm. the little booster and stuff but i think in certainly the western the western uh, world uh, the it, it is not so much easier but given to you a bit more mm-hmm. absolutely we me and you i think are from the generation of instant gratification i mean if i want something i can have it here by 11 o'clock tomorrow if i want to yes, order it yeah exactly uh you, we don't have the there are a lot of people who i think are starting to understand that you know the struggle of life is almost the joy of its you know is its own reward because hard, how the, the saying goes you know hard times create uh, strong men uh, yeah and i think that's the thing i mean karate is optional living isn't but if you can struggle if you optionally choose to struggle in karate it's going to make everything else so much better in life. It's going to make your work life better. It's going to make personal relationships better. It's going to make your general day-to-day activity better and easier. I mean, you become a stronger person physically, a stronger person mentally, a stronger person emotionally. You start to take less crap from people and you start yeah. to you know, give more back to the community. I learn more from teaching young kids than I have ever learned from doing anything, any, anything anywhere else. Uh, and that's teaching kids in karate. I wholeheartedly believe that because you start to realize what it is to struggle. <laughs> I mean, some of the kids we've yeah. taught with have the attention span of, uh, they've lost it by the time they've walked through the front door. But, uh, yeah. but you start teaching to realize. Also, like, teaching also pushes you to, to be better as well because uh, when, when you're shown something, you've got to show it in a, in such a standard that when they look at that, they're like, oh, wow, okay, so that's what I need to achieve. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas if if you haven't got that uh, strive and you're just nonchalant with what you do, the, the, the students pick that up and that gets obviously taught around mm-hmm. the, the, the schools here. Uh, um, around yeah. So it's important that when you're teaching, I found it made you more aware of am I doing this right? You know, is my finger in the correct place? Is, is my foot in the correct place? Making sure that everything's definitely neat and tidy and strong and positionable. So. Yeah, absolutely. And this again comes back to that strive to be first. You, at the teacher, you want to be, you want to be, you want to be top dog to an extent because you know you're the one instructing. But at the same time, you want your students to want to be better than you. Yeah. So you want this. If they can see this, well, he's trying to be the best in everything in a good way. They want to do the same. They want to be better and self-improve. It's a, it's a self thing. You don't have to exclaim to people that you're trying to be better and you're trying to be the first. But if you're in your head knowing that you're striving to be better and striving to be the first person in, well, then you are just going to improve naturally. And Definitely. it's going to continue. And that continues in all of life. Uh, you know, you know. Uh, I think it was... Uh, 
Mike Tyson who said, uh, you know, struggle in silence now and be a champion later or uh, yeah. something to those degrees. To those, yeah, to, yeah, something to that word. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, back to the book. Rule number two. It's the how, silly, not the what. I'll say that again. It's the how, silly, not the what. Your teacher will guide your training by telling you what to do in the dojo. And almost in the same breath, he, she will tell you how to do that thing. Only the first day white belt student should be all consumed with what he, she is supposed to be doing. By the time you are working towards your first colored belt, certainly you must be paying more attention to how your teacher tells you to do the task at hand. Train your ear to hear the how louder than the what, and you'll be on the right track. Here's an example. Your teacher asks the class to begin Tai Kyokusono Witch. This is a kata made up of 20 emotions. For all people who don't know what a kata is, it's a, it's a form. It's a basic set of uh, movements done in a very particular manner. It's like organized shadow boxing. Um, and in almost the same breath, your teacher says, make sure you have long stances. The kata and its correct sequence of movements is the what, and with long stances is the how. The Budo Karate student hears the how, long stances, louder than the what, because he she knows that that's what his or her teacher will be watching for the budo karate student gets stronger faster and so does his or her dojo and that right there is i think the thing a lot of people really kind of miss it's like oh go do this it's like oh well all i did was when people just do the bare minimum they get by it's like oh well tidy your room like make sure it's t- make sure it's properly tidy. But when you say that to a kid, what is a kid here? I'm just going to get the stuff out of the way so my parents can't see it. Yes, and hide it somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to shove it all in the cupboard. It looks tidy, ma'am. There you go. No, it's not. But again, you know, when you when you when you look at like uh, with what Nathan said there, you know, the way the, the way the West do it and the way the the East do it, the East live like that, mm-hmm. and the West don't. You know, the West of I don't want to keep saying given everything. I know, I know, we're not just given everything, but it, um, we 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 certainly get it easier than they do over in the east, and they, mm-hmm. they live by by that uh, as we don't. So when when that's why I think it, you don't see that as often in 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 dojos now mm-hmm. because people don't necessarily know about that. Um, and that it's not an issue. It can be corrected, but uh, yeah. as, a, as an instructor, it can be frustrating. Yeah. I mean, how many times have me and you ever tried to show kata to young people or when we've ever done any kind of group kata as a, as a club and then you can hear the instructor just saying, make sure your stances are like this, do it powerful, do it this. If you know what you're doing, put some effort into it. Mm-hmm. And and then you sit around and you can see the kids. And some of them are struggling because they're not knowing the movements. They're young. I get that. That's fine. I'm not judging them. And then you see some and they're just stood there and they're just motions. There's no yeah. oomph. There's no get up and yeah. go. I mean, I've had a call out before. I mean, I'm six foot two. I'm not the tallest guy ever. But I'm taller than a significant number of people that I train with. So when we do stances, the long stances in karate, especially in Kyokushin, you've got to get a good, strong, powerful stance. And when I hear the, the instructor saying, everyone stop, look at Bradley, he's taller, so why the hell is he shorter than all of you people who are shorter than him normally? That's not right. And it is frustrating to see, like you say, when you're fighting to be, fi- when you're fighting to be first and you hope, you expect other people to want to do it as well, 
yeah. and it's just not happening. I mean, like I say, you can forgive where, certain people, but yeah, that's where like, these both uh, rules kind of coincide with each other mm-hmm. quite well. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's uh, you know, Budokrat is fighting to be first by doing it the correct way, not just doing it. You know, the way. Yeah, yeah, it's you know, what, what is it? Do as I say, not as I do. It's like I'm, yeah, I'm telling yeah, you, similar. yeah. Yes, similar thing, yeah. Yeah, I'm telling you to go to go into a stance and do it this very specific way. Mm-hmm. You're not doing it the specific way. You are in a stance, but not the stance. Yes. So, yeah. Back to the book. Of course, if you're learning a new complex motion or series of motions for the first time, you have to learn motions before you can start practicing them. The practice student learns the motion or exercise in one lesson, or even in the first half of one lesson. As soon as possible then, that student can forget about the what and start concentrating on what his or her teacher is asking for in terms of how to do the motion or exercise correctly. That's exactly what we just said there. You know, you've got to learn it. You can't get good at something until you've learned it to begin with. You have to learn the pattern before you you can can, apply it. Chuck your power, speed, and Exactly, and it's the same. This is the same with work. You can't do a job. You can't do a job fast and correct if you don't know how to do the job slow and correct to begin with. You know, some people pick things up faster. Some people pick things up slower. It's just the way of the world. But again, back to striving. Be first. You should be striving to learn the job faster. And uh, there you go. But once you once you put both them things together, it becomes efficiency. Exactly. You know, and, and it's about making your cat efficient. You know, like mm-hmm. would it work? Um, yeah, learning the uh, learning the system of doing it correctly. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's a million one ways to do a cat. You can do it. Say, right, your right foot doesn't move now. Your left foot doesn't move. Do it backwards. Do two moves at once. Do every strike moving backwards. Do every block moving forwards, or vice versa. You know, there's. Yeah. You can make a cat of your own, but you can't do that until you've learned the motions. But the problem is, especially in this day and age, people like to learn the motions and they just go through the motions. There's no application. There's no, well, I'm doing a a kick, but all I'm doing is lifting my leg up lazily at this point. You know, it's... I remember when we were at a camp and he he says, oh, put your hands up if you know Taikyoks on edge. So everyone was like... Is this like a trick question? <laughs> First cut, everyone puts their hands up and he's like, right, okay, we're going to do it backwards. And everyone was like, what? <laughs> and then we went through we went through the movements and everything and at the end he was like, right, so you don't know it then. <laughs> like, if, you, if, you, if, you, if you, to know it, you've got to know it in every, mm-hmm. every direction. In, inside, outside, left, right, like you said, with one foot stood still and so on. So, yeah, it's 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 an interesting one because you think because you learn the pattern, that's it, you know the cat. You know, yeah. There's a lot to it, definitely. Absolutely. Uh, back to the book. Concentrate only on the what and you are failing. Train yourself to hear and demonstrate that you heard the how and you are practicing Budo Karate. It's that demonstration of effort that employs and therefore develops your strong karate spirit. Remember that you can show that you're trying to do the motion how you've been asked to do it, even when you can't quite do it that way yet. Rome wasn't built in a day, nor was anyone's karate technique mastered in just one day. The important thing is showing your teacher you're fighting it, you're fighting to do it the way he, she asked you to do, 
it's not the tr it's the not trying whether deliberate or because of confusion that leads to failure and i think that that's kind of everything that we're saying there really isn't it you've got to be able yeah, to show that you can demonstrate because if you can show that you're trying at least you're showing as well that you're listening which is yes. the big thing because uh, yeah. if he says do take your if he or she says do take your son a witch and you do it and you don't do it with any power and he say and you know your instructor says right i want long stances and i want power on the punch and you half arse your way through it you've not listened you you're showing one ignorance and two disrespect to your instructor i think uh, is especially the big thing that we've got to take yes. away from this it's all it is about respect um which handily follows on to rule number three here number three follow the rules of etiquette uh, following the rules of etiquette is a requirement for entering dojo for the first time. Not something that you learn to do over weeks and months of training. Answering with us, O-S-U, by the way, long O, silent U, and bowing might feel awkward to the new student, but in the dojo, you only look funny when you don't do them, or when you do them sheepishly, not when you do them powerfully and correctly. The rules of etiquette are a finite list. This means there are not hundreds of them, there are only a handful, so there's no excuse to feel intimidated and to succumb to frustration for not getting them right. Manners cost nothing. That's it. <laughs> Basically, it's a. I mean, you could do a full podcast on the word "us," but you know, like. Uh, I'd love to do that, actually. Yeah, I agree with the um, the way he said. You know, it would only be. It's only strange when you don't do it, uh, which is quite a funny one because the amount of people I've known where they've said, oh, I'm not putting a gi on, or I've never been in a gi, and then they do a class and they're like, oh, wow, I look weird here because I'm not in a gi. Mm -hmm. And then, they, you know, the, the, the gi becomes norm. Um, and you've got to, you've got to, not, su not submit, but you've got to accept that things are going to be different when you are training mm -hmm. because you are doing something that was brought from the east yeah you know such as the bow and the horse the, the the respect and things yeah the uh but in the same way it can be overdone i have I have been to places where it is overdone mm -hmm. uh, with, you know where but uh, i think there was one thing was like um how as you come into the jojo you bow Towards the shrine or sorcery, uh, and then you bow to the head instructor. So it's three that, that you should do when you walk into yeah. into a dojo. Yeah, it's a, it's it, it is that level of respect, and I think again it seems to be lost over here. Um, the yeah. whole, you know, there is a there is a chain of command, so to speak, in life. Uh, whether we want to admit it or not, or whether people are willing to see it or not, there is, you know, they always say respect your elders, manners maketh man, ma you know, good manners cost nothing. But it's taking someone yeah. writing this down here to explain it in a long form kind of way. And realistically, people just haven't got them anymore. You know, the simple thing, stand up for your, uh, you know, stand up for an elderly person on the on the train or on the bus. Uh, you know, offer your seat to a pregnant lady, you know, you know, hold the door open for people. That's, you know, not just hold the door open for women, hold the door open for anyone that's coming past. Everyone. You know, there's there's a standard that you've got to keep throughout your life and good manners do you in good. One, you're at least trying and two, you've been raised well. It's Good manners are a reflection on 
not just you, but they're a reflection on who raised you, who trained you, who lives with you, yeah. everyone around you. If you're the one, it's yeah, I agree. You know, if you're the one with good manners out of a group of bad people who don't have good manners, you're noticed in a good way. If you're the one who has bad manners out of a group of people who have good manners, you're noticed in a bad way. And in here, like he says, you know, it's something you do the moment you walk in the door. You don't just, you know, I, I know people who have had trouble with this, where they've, uh, you know, they've gone into business with other people, and these people, you know, they're turning up late and they're not showing up for days, and they go, oh, I'll just work from home. And you sat there and you say to them, you know, are you going to bother? And he's like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm, it's something I'm working on. You don't work on turning up on time. You just do it. Yeah. Says me, but you know, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but you know, as a whole. It's something that you have to do. You know, manners cost nothing. Smiling and going, hello, smiling and saying, good morning, a good firm handshake. You know, these things cost nothing to do. But well, that's they'll it. stand you in good stead. Yes. Uh, but in the, it's, it's a strange, it is it is strange when you're new and you go into a dojo and like there's, there's this um, foreign respect. Uh, where mm -hmm. This thing of bowing and um, people find people who aren't used to that find that very very strange you know, yeah it's not, just, so, it's not just like us waving and saying hello although it is similar you know bowing shaking hands and things like that it's mm -hmm. it can be hard for some people to get used to and adapt yeah. to yeah i mean to some people on the outside it's like oh it's just indoctrination and you know it, it, some of the some places do go too far and it becomes almost cultish uh yes yeah. uh i think a lot of the uh not to badmouth them, but some Brazilian jiu-jitsu's not naming any names. Their uh, clubs went that way with the size of their own head and their own commitment to the sport. And it's you know you're no longer the big name in the sport. You're a big name now. Uh, and went too far to a point where people were being expelled from clubs for going to other you know for just training with other people. As associate, you know, we experienced that ourselves with. Uh, organizations you know you try to associate with another organization and suddenly you're, you're a pariah they don't want anything to do with you anymore uh and that's taking it too far but you know just learning how to bow to a once you understand that this is it's not taking it too far it's showing a level of respect for where you've got then it becomes a bit more natural uh to the world but then it, it, you start to carry these this good manners over into, into your everyday life. You're not going to walk up to everyone and start going us and bowing to you know your mom when she walks in the door. Uh -huh. But you know you'll start. Well, to, I have I have I have done it to uh, to people. I have uh, out and about. Yeah, <laughs> slipped out a couple of times. I mean, you know, if you were going on the bus and that, and then like you're all sitting and then you're, oh god. <laughs> Me and the bus and driver are about to throw world. down here. Yeah. Yeah, you've got to understand where you know where to cut it off, but you've got to understand that, that you have to be showing these good manners. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, back to the book. Your teacher and your senpais will seem friendly when you follow the rules, but will seem unfriendly over time if you don't. Of course, you want a friendly teacher, so follow the rules. Once you've been around long enough to know better, your senpai will consider you rude if you don't follow the rules, and he or she will consider you strong if you do. So please do your best. In this sense, remember that making everyone happy and successful is in your hands. Uh, and that's true. 
actually. You, you know, you, you're not responsible for the situation, but you are 100% responsible for how you react to that situation. And you either learn to be, to have etiquette or you don't. And again, it's that if you don't want to learn how to have etiquette, that's, you're showing massive disrespect to not only the class, but to your instructors, to yourself, to the club, to SOSI. He's put, you know, this was all laid out decades ago. Everyone, other people can do it. Just because you don't feel like putting a bow in doesn't doesn't make you any better. Just makes you like an arse, really. Yeah, I mean, if everyone forgets every now and then, you know. Yeah, like, no one's perfect. Like, there's, 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 I've been to camps where people have walked in and then people have forgot to turn around and say awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, but if, if that's the case, then just apologize afterwards. Yeah. It's, it's not. It's not something you're going to get like uh, birched for. No. <laughs> you, you, you know, but certainly to to remember it is um, is important. That shows uh, strength, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. It's it, it's similar when I was away with uh, with the army reserves. We have to salute to anyone over a certain way, brace up when people are uh, you know when certain people come around, and it's that etiquette of you must you know you're not saluting the person you're saluting the rank the efforts taken to get yeah. there who get there, you know yeah. you're saluting the queen's commission basically this person has been commissioned by the royal family to lead you you're saluting that mark uh and yes. you know some people don't realize that but you know once you're in once you're in it a little bit you start looking thing yes you, you can't recognize whenever anyone walks in the door that if you've got the back to them you can't see it but it's striving to have that awareness so that you're the person that start you know when everyone's looking around and suddenly you hear you know everyone stop us and then you know you're making a you're making the effort to get other people to bow and show the respect yes yeah uh, and that happened at a Again, recent winter camp uh one of the Xi'ans was late into the class because of just for the way the traffic and all that was and uh i was at the front of the class and we're doing drills back and forth and uh, one of the instructors was talking to us but he had his back to the door so i just said oh Sorry, instructor, Sheehan, us, and even he said he, he acknowledged the fact that I acknowledged the fact that he had walked in the door, which is showing strength on my part, and then everyone showing his him showing strength on his part for acknowledging that someone else had pointed it out. And then, you know, it, this showing strength, it's a good thing for the class. And it, was it like a domino effect once you yeah. did that? Did that then yeah. follow one down? Because the whole class was, uh, the, the instructor who was taking us stopped the class for the whole bow of uh, for mm-hmm. bowing in. But uh, I think yeah. if once you show that one thing that people should be doing, other people start to pick up on it. Uh, yeah, the, the, it's like a light bulb moment. Yeah, it's like, you know, one person does it and say, oh, God damn. Yeah. yeah. And one person does it, and then the next, then, the next time it happens. And that sits with them. Yeah, yeah and that sits. And it's, then suddenly that person's at the front of the class, and you know, we, when I was in classrooms with the army, we had to keep an eye out for people. We had one person sat at the door, and when you're sat at the door, it's your duty to make sure that you see people coming in and get the whole room to brace up for someone coming in because it's. Uh, mm-hmm. But again, that's the kind of thing that you'll learn. Uh, and then he, yeah, he yeah. does go on a very in-depth way of how to do a bow in there, which we won't cover here, no, we, no. because. Uh, he links things together, but we'll come into that later on. And then this one, which I think is the most important lesson probably in the entire book, which is number four, on your toes, please, not your heels. Uh, yeah. We know from fighting that the competitor who's rocked back on his heels is generally getting beaten, while in most cases, the winner who has kept his fate rocked forward towards the front of his feet. 
Um, if you don't believe it, stand normally and then rock your way back onto your heels. If you can pick up the front of your heels, you can if you want to. Sorry, in front of your feet, you can if you want to. 100% of your body weight will rock back onto your heels. Now try to jump. You'll find it quite difficult. Now, if you stand normally and rock your weight forward onto the fronts of your feet, even lifting your heels slightly if you choose, try to jump now. It's much easier. To win a fight, control of one's balance is the most important thing, but one has to be able to spring to a new location in an instant. Therefore, the fighter that stays on his or her toes is the one who wins. Basically saying, keep your wits about you. In a in a westernized way of saying it, but it's yeah. Um, to... I think we said a bit differently, don't we? we talk about like fighting off the back foot, mm-hmm. off the front foot, and, you know. Um, but uh, for this one, I, I always thought of this one as like um, determining who was lazy as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, people on the heels are. Lazy people who are on the toes are the ones who are working to fight to be first, as as, as we said in the first mm-hmm. uh, segment. Absolutely, uh, it, it. I think at that point it starts to show when you can see the people who are, you know, actively making that effort to be. All oh, right, well, this is new. I have to react to this now. This is new. I have to react to this now. Yes. And, um, which ties back to what I was saying in the last one, where you know, once someone has seen how I bow to the Xi'an coming through the door. Um, Xi'an, for those who don't know, is a high-level instructor. Um, normally, Kyokushin is around fifth or sixth down above. In uh, some other kinds of uh, martial arts, that might be different the way it's done, but that's generally in uh, Kyokushin and Karate. It's uh, it's a high-level instructor's yeah. um, title. Uh, once they'd seen me do it, now they know how to react the next time. Now there's no excuse for them not reacting. They were on their heels because they didn't know they, they didn't know what to do. I knew what to do, so I reacted in the way that was appropriate. Now they learn that, they can now react in the appropriate way next time. Yes. So, yes, so you, you know, you, you've made people aware and, uh, and hopefully the, what you did was made people then on their toes, as I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I genuinely believe this to be one of the most important ones because the more, the more you're I mean, he's written several parts about this one particular rule. Basically, it's basically adapt or die to an extent. Um, yeah. You have to, it's about keeping yourself on your toes at all times and being ready to go, being ready to react, and ready to do this and ready to do that. And again, like you say, it's not about it's being about not being lazy. You know, yeah. if you just sat on your heel and you just you slouch over to the. Uh, to where you're meant to be and you know you're half arse and you can't be bothered and it's it shows it really does show when people are doing that and it's it's been embarrassing really i mean how many times have you been in work or life and you just see someone who can't be bothered and they just trundle the way through there's no there's no oomph about them you know yeah and oh, yeah and it hurts especially when you're the one trying yeah. to do it that way Yes, when you're the one that's trying to strive to to, to push, but this this is why it had never happened. But work should adapt that um, fight to be first. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right back to the book. The important point here, however, is to apply this concept to one's attitude towards training in the dojo. The student that is figuratively on his or her toes is crisp, powerful, and alert. 
that student is fighting to be the first, loudest, strongest, and most correct. He, she is fighting to be the one that best follows instructions. They are fighting to concentrate on the how, not the what. He, she never misses the rules of etiquette. And again, this is just exactly what we've been saying there. Absolutely. You apply this yeah. on your toes. I'm ready to learn. Right, I've got to do this now. I've got to do that. And it's not about burning yourself out, but it's about knowing that there's something else coming up. It's be, about being alert, being adapted to your uh, environment. But again, you can't be on your toes if you've never practiced the situation or you've never come across the oh, situation. You expect something new to happen, but you've also got to be on your toes to learn that, yes. you know, learn the reaction. But by learning, that puts you on your, on your yeah. toes. In my, uh, yeah, I think everyone is naturally on their heels when it comes to something. Um, yes. If they haven't learned that attitude, but I think you even then, I mean, you know, say you and I, we go to a jiu-jitsu class. Uh, when we first went to a Japanese jiu-jitsu class, we were on our heels. We didn't. We didn't. We, you know, we were. We knew something was going to happen, but we were kind of. You know, we were not. We were, we were ready to go. So to an extent, we were on our on our toes. But figuratively, to an extent, we were also on our heels because we don't know what's going on. We haven't learned the pattern yet. We haven't learned how to do the moves. We haven't learned how this club acts with its. Uh, you know, with its instructors, how the lower levels uh, react to things. So you know, it's a learning experience to be on your heels. But once you've started learning, you have to then switch, you know, switch. And now I'm on my toes. Yes. Back to the book. The stay on your toes attitude is not something you learn in the dojo. It is a requirement for beginning your training. It is a decision that you make. It's a white belt's requirement for simply walking in the door. Without it, you are not practicing Budo Karate. You are fooling yourself and practicing fantasy karate. And if you like it that way better, perhaps you should consider another dojo. And this is absolutely the thing when you're coming to Kyokushin Karate because you're probably going to get your ass kicked at some point. But, you ha I mean, I, I, for a long time, put off doing karate and I knew this club was down the road from me. And I thought for ages, I, I don't want to do karate again because I'd been, I'd been kind of ruined by it because the karate that I'd learned way back when was soft crap, basically. It was not that it was bad, but it was a lot of standing in lines for hours and hours on end, no real physical you know, it didn't feel like there was a push. Um, mm -hmm. You know, if that's for you, if you don't want to fight, then great. But I'd been start at that point. I'd been doing tie box and box, and I I wanted to get into a scrap, so I wanted to find something that taught me how to get into a scrap. It was a bit complex. Exactly. Yeah. So I was on my toes going into that one because I knew that you know this is probably going to get serious. I was sparring on my first lesson. That was good fun. So yeah. yeah. Uh, and. Back to the book. Ask yourself, how do I make sure I'm not the one on my heels? Answer, fight to be the one who's the most alert, the most crisp, the loudest, the most powerful, the best at hearing instructions and acting on them, the best at concentrating on the how, the best at following the rules of etiquette. I was always amazed at the students in Japan who would try so hard to kick so high that they'd flip over and fall on their heads. The Western student tends to think that that's a failure. He or she falls down for trying too hard and is ashamed. The Japanese student, on the other hand, is ashamed for not trying hard enough, even at one's personal risk. This is the proper Budo karate attitude. Be willing to stand out for doing too much. Be willing to go over the top. Do, and you won't be sorry, you will get so strong. And, and there you go. There's the comparison mm -hmm. between the happy to fail. Where we, yeah, we, we think of failure 
in a totally different way as to what we do as what they do so uh, it, it's an in, it's again it's an interesting point but it all interlinks with that fight to be mm-hmm. first um which is yeah it's a good thing probably one of the most important yeah, the things. best thing in this book is that he relates every rule to another rule there's a thread that joins all yeah. the rules together all the rules and together, yes. you notice it when he starts saying how do you be how do you be a, a tool and not a heel well, you fight to be first. You fight to do, you know, you fight to follow the rules of etiquette, you know, those kind of things. And a lot of places just give you rules, but there's no interlinking thread. Um, and you don't know how X connects to Y connects to Z, you know, and all that. And he does that really yeah. well here. And he applies these to not only a group, because number five, the Toes Not Heels Dojo. Uh, and this essentially, uh, this is mostly covered uh within rule number four as well but basically in this in rule number five the toes not heels dojo what he uh what he's saying is that if you have an attitude of your entire group is on their toes and not on their heels that dojo gets better faster they get stronger more easily whereas if you've got everyone on their heels or more people on their heels and on their toes the dojo drags behind people aren't bothering the good the people who are striving to be better are dragged back by those who are just lazy and those you know not actually bothering, and it beco- it becomes um, that becomes a standard when mm-hmm. new people decide they want to join a, a, a dojo or school. The if they see that, then they're ex- they're thinking, oh, that you know, this this is the level that I need to be working towards. Whereas if everyone's like you said, if everyone's on their tours, it pushes people to to then also want to be on their tours, tours as opposed to be on their mm-hmm. heels. Absolutely, absolutely. It's. Uh, I would recommend this book to people because uh, unfortunately we have to skip quite a bit here, but uh, you, they, they dive really deep into a lot of detail uh, in this. And like I say, what he is trying to say is that in the Toes Not Heels Dojo basically means everyone is going. Everyone's gunning forward with a get up and go attitude. And this is, it's basically teamwork. It's effectively teamwork is what it is, you know, and you, you can take this into your into a regular workplace. When you have a group of people, when you have a, a team of people who are always ready to go, ready to fight for, you know, fight for the sales, fight to do their job, fight to do everything better, then you end up with a, a well-oiled and aggressively performing uh, workplace. Whereas if you have a mm-hmm. everyone who can't be bothered and they're just sitting back and going through the motions, that's how you have a, that's how you have a business that dies, basically. Yeah. Uh, yeah, everything has to everything has to work at uh, not so much the same pace, but like you know, like everything has to everyone has to work at their mm-hmm. best, uh, you know, for, ev- for everything else to to fall mm-hmm. into place. Absolutely. Like you said, keep. What did you say? Did you say keep uh, well? Well, machine, yeah. Um, yeah, machine. Uh, so that, that if you think of like uh, the, your your dojo class or group has a this working machine uh, to keep everyone together and ticking along like you said you know it's a good analogy of thinking of it as a machine um, if, if one piece falls then the rest begins to, to then st- mm-hmm. struggle everything else then has to start picking up the slack uh yeah which is uh basically this, what he's trying to say is there you're only as strong as your weakest link yeah um 
And I noticed that greatly when we were out doing exercises as uh, part of the army. Some of the people I trained with, all good, all lovely people, but there were some who lagged behind on certain aspects. And it's yeah. frustrating when you know that the group is the one that suffers for this one person who can't. Yes. Rather than this, yes, rather than like the, yeah. the individual. Group punishment, all fun until you're the one having to go through it. Hi. Uh, <laughs> yes. Right, number six, taking it back to the book, take responsibility for learning even complex series emotions in just one class, even when shown just once. The proper attitude for learning karate is to fight, not to make your teacher repeat him or herself. This includes simple but not unimportant things like how you're supposed, supposed to perform a single motion better, but it also includes entire complex series emotions you've been shown even once, such as a new kata. Of course, when you learn your first kata as a white belt, it takes being shown several times because the white belt has to learn has to learn how to learn the kata, and even what a kata is for that matter, as well as the motions of the kata itself. However, once you've learned the sequence and motions of a few kata, by the time you're testing your for your first coloured belt, and if you open your mind to the learning process, complex series of motions become easier and easier to learn. And uh, I mean, what was it we were told? The first kata is the hardest kata? And that that absolutely is true. Yeah, it is. Because if you've had yeah, no experience yeah. or you know uh, exposure to martial arts, you'll just sit there and go, "What the hell am I doing here?" But once you've learned yeah. what it is and what it's for, suddenly the threads start coming loose. Suddenly you start seeing everything. Suddenly everything's making a bit more sense. Then the second kata becomes a bit easier to learn. Then the third kata, and the, and so on and so on, because it's just like an adding on, isn't it? If, uh, when you rest your cutters, you start to recognise the yeah. different things. You're like, oh god, I don't know what that cutter is, but I recognise that stands with it. Yeah. Then with it actually, which is what I do in the first cutter. Yeah. You know, and it does make it easier once once you get past that first mm. one. It's the, it's the idea of you've got to learn how to learn. People, we aren't taught yeah. that. I think in schools, you're taught. They taught the material, but you're not taught how to learn the material to an extent. Everyone learns in different ways. Um, you know, you might learn yourself by visually watching a video. I might learn by reading a book. Someone else might learn by listening to a podcast. Someone else might learn by doing it. And if you have such a huge mix of people like that in a group, it's impossible for that group to be able to go forward. But again, this also goes back to the, the you know, the uh, the toes and the heels. You've got to be prepared to do things that are uncomfortable. You've got to be prepared to learn things. And you've got to be prepared to learn in a different way. But you're also responsible for your own learning. Your instructor can only teach you the moves. Yes. They can't teach you how to do something. Well, they can't teach you how to learn to do something within reason. So you've got to be prepared to learn how to do it yourself. Yeah, and that goes back to and you get shown something go back and mm -hmm. interest you know don't just take for what someone said as mm -hmm. possible look into it because they might teach it in one way but there might be an easier way of learning it on the, the internet yeah. or something there's that there's that many different um platforms now where you can go out and get this information it doesn't just have to come from this one person's mouth you know mm -hmm. absolutely i mean how many times have me and you seen the same cutter don't you, you you could have two people perform the exact same performance of movements one's doing it to pass a grading at a high level one's doing it to pass it to win a competition it's the same kata but they're completely different at the same time 
the, the, the level of control is different. The level of respect to the moves is different. The flair is different. Um, and it shows. Uh, but again, this it all goes back to you have to learn how to learn something. And it's your responsibility yeah. to learn it sooner rather than later. If you can learn something sooner rather than later, it makes the, the life of the class so much easier. Because the more times you're yes. saying to someone, can you teach me, can you teach me, can you teach me, and everyone else is beyond you, the rest of the class starts to fall behind because they aren't getting the attention that they need to have. Yeah. So, yeah. So you have to, you're responsible for your own learning as much as anything else. As anything else, yeah. And this is exactly what he says. And this is what he says, yeah, back to the book. This is achieved by taking responsibility for the kata immediately upon seeing it for the first time and by deciding right then and there that I will not embarrass myself by coming into my next class, still not knowing what I've been shown in this one. If you are confused by a kata a day, you have until your next class not to become not confused. The student who places the burden of making him or her not confused on the shoulders of the teacher is the heel student, there's the age type student, which is the student on his or hers heels. That's exactly what we've just said there. You've got to take responsibility yeah, for your own learning. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when you when you go to a, when you go to a club, it's not just you that that doesn't know what you're doing. Um, but there's also people in there that do know. So once you've been shown something, ask about further information. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there'll be multiple people in in that school or dojo that know uh, what what it is that you need to know. Mm -hmm. Like you said, I mean, you've got all sorts of platforms now, YouTube, um, things on Facebook. There's, there's, there's multiple things that you can get the information that you need from. So there's not there's not so much as an excuse now for people to, mm -hmm. to, to go away from a class and then come back and be like uh, weeks later, and, oh, I still don't know this because uh, I, I, I was only shown it like three or four times. Mm -hmm. No, you, you, there, there, there are things out there that can... Um, yeah help you with that oh, i only got showed it four times in class yeah but it's a 45 second video on youtube how many times can you watch that when you were watching coronation street last night yeah exactly yeah uh, back to the book this is the last bit here if a student has a colored belt and fails to learn a complex series of motions that he or she has been shown it is appropriate for that student's classmates to let him or her know that his her performance is substandard and that he or she needs to buckle down and get with the program to not take such responsibilities to lower the standard of the dojo below that of Budo Karate Dojo. And one's classmates should not remain complacent. Now, I always kind of struggled with that one, but I had to, had to kind of flip my, my logic on how I looked at that. It's not about mm. bullying and berating someone into being better. It's about letting them know that they are failing, but you are still willing to help. Uh, yeah. But at the same time, to not take responsibility is to lower the standard of the dojo below that of the Budo Karate Dojo, and one's classmates should not remain complacent. If I can help you, I should be helping you. If I see you failing yes. and struggling to do something, it's my duty as well to come over to you and say, that's not right, you're not doing it correctly, this is the way to do it correctly. Eventually, though, that student still has to learn by themselves. But I'm at least taking the lead and saying, here's how you do it right. Here's how you do it wrong. I mean, I've experienced this uh, on both sides. I, I knew one person who struggled greatly uh, with a certain part of uh, their army training, not to name who they are because it's unfair to them. Uh, and I know people who may have said things about them in the past or whatever. And I went, you know what? No, this person needs help. 
And that was a personal growth thing for me to realize that this person doesn't need berating. This person doesn't need a bollocking. They don't need any shouting. They just need someone who boost. isn't involved just to go, yeah, just do it this way. Just, you know, remember it this way. Remember it the way I remember it. And you'll be absolutely fine. This person went then went on to ace the tests and actually credited me with helping them, not to, you know, not to blow my own trumpet or anything. But it's it's the point of people need help, not hindrance. You don't need to bully them into getting it right. But at the same time, if that person still refuses to get it right over the course of three or four months, then a standard has to be set, and words yeah, have yeah. to be said. And uh, at that point, you are you're complicit in allowing the dojo to drag down. Because you're not say you're not standing up and letting the you know someone who's failing be counted. Well, as as Nathan says, you're the one that's on the heels, then, aren't you? So exactly right, everyone. Uh, that's only seven in. We've, we've, we've only been doing this an hour now, uh, so I think you can kind of get an idea of where this is going to go. I think we might have to skip a few things. We might have to look into a few other things uh, a bit quicker because you know we spent an hour talking about six rules. This is this is a deep book. Uh, and I'd recommend everyone to read it because if you read this book and could replicate this in your real life, you're going to be going far. So, I mean, do you have anything you'd like to add to this, Connor, for now? Or uh, no, like I hope people um, are enjoying it. Uh, you know, it's a, it, the, the, this book it it helped me um, not so much like at the beginning of my uh, my karate uh, life, but I found the book later on. But it it helped me have a different thought about how I need to think about things. So mm-hmm. I wish I'd found it earlier. Absolutely. And I was quite lucky uh, you loaned me your copy very early on. Yes. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, when I started reading this and then you start seeing issues with certain pe- with uh, people, you know, especially when some young ones may come in and they don't know and you're like, there's room for you to grow here. And following this is exactly what they're going to need. Uh, and when you go to other clubs and you realise there are people who aren't following, not necessarily these rules, but certain rules of etiquette and they're allowing their own standard to slip, you notice it straight away. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's an hour done there, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we will cut that short there. And what we will do is we'll pick this book up the next on the next episode. Uh, like I say, we'll cut through some things a bit faster uh, because we could be on this for probably the next 40 hours. Time. <laughs> so, but we're out of time on that one. So, yeah, uh, Connor, it's been great to do this again with you uh, for the first time as well. Uh, and everyone will be will be back with this soon. So, yeah, thank you very much, everyone. Uh, take care. We'll see you on the next much. episode. Thank you. Very much. See you later. Take care now. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Bye.